Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Connections are what bring us together, whether halfway around the world or in the office next door. Blackfoot Communications is proud to provide next-generation network infrastructure that enables reliable, secure, and always-on connections. From SD-WAN and firewalls to business voice and fiber, our solutions connect you to your community. Visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 406-541-5000 to learn more. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's a Tuesday, so that means it's Tagliari Tuesday. We unfortunately do not have a sandwich to sample today, but because this is our last Tuesday show of 2020, I'm going to give you a few rankings of what we've gotten to try so far. And, of course, we got free Tagliari for you, our loyal listeners. Also going to talk a little bit of Missoula Sentinels uh, first state championship in almost 50 years. Mike's a Missoula native, grew up in Missoula, and uh, is a Sentinel alum. And I think guys that went to Sentinel um, tw- you know, 15, 20 years ago or, or even were in Missoula, it's a true testament to how far Sentinels come, the fact that they were able to win this championship because this was not in the equation whatsoever for quite some time. Top of the hour, like we do every other Tuesday each month, we got the business angle. Justin Angle, University of Montana marketing business professor, is going to hop on with us. We're going to break down several avenues of business and sports as they continue to mesh. We're going to analyze a little bit of the way that uh, we, the way we cover sports, the way we cover politics. Those have kind of mesh, and how is that going to influence the way then TV advertisers approach monetizing the events? What's the future in terms of cable versus streaming? And we'll talk a little bit more as well, just about uh, the potential. Uh, and what my mind is is going to be the ineminent fracturing of the Power Five away from the rest of Division One sports. And then we got a new Grizz Greats for you as well. Share a little bit of our podcast series, uh, Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Championship team. We're joined by Jim O'Day, and he has a fascinating perspective because Jim O'Day, uh, he was the athletic director at Montana from 2005 to 2012, so he definitely was somebody that had to um, – live up to the expectations that were set by that 95 team. But Jim, he's a cut bank native and he was part of the Grizzly Scholarship Association back in the mid nineties. And he put together a charter flight to take a bunch of people from the Montana high line down to Huntington, West Virginia. So the perspective of what it was like before he was involved in the athletic department and then the expectations that were set that then he had to carry forward uh, interesting Grizz greats. And then of course, tomorrow, another tease for you for later on this week, tomorrow is actually the 25th anniversary of Montana's 1995 National Championship game. They won that game December 16th. So we have an extra special surprise Grizz Greats episode for you. But we're not needing to talk about tomorrow. We need to talk about today. Mike Nugent in the studio, in the house. I know you're excited for this, man. How you doing? I'm good. You're good. There we go. You're good. Sorry, we're switching mics. Corker was on the other <laughs> one. We're good. Um, I always forget when I co-host a show, because this is maybe the fifth time I've done it, um, how long it takes for you to talk before I get to start talking, which, oh, is, man. which I struggle with. You know, uh, you should just interrupt me. I mean, this, this is talk radio at its finest. Well, I know that you know as a, um, 
as an advertiser myself, you've got some stuff you got to get through. That's right. That's right. Mike Mike is a loyal advertiser, good friend of this show. He's a uh, broker at Berkshire Hathaway. So if you have any real estate needs, maybe we'll just have you do your own live read today. I know you got to do another live read too because of. Uh, yeah, I don't like know. to talk about myself. So we're, we're good. <laughs> well, uh, t- another tease for later on too. We uh, did record a new Grizz fan podcast. Mike, uh, Britt Wahlberg, and Lucas, they have been kind of the spearheads of that. It's gained a lot of traction. You guys have done a great job, and I think it's a very popular podcast in the community and around the state. But I jumped on there last night, and we talked all things Grizz, all things Big Sky Conference. So uh, that was fun as well. When's that going to drop? Uh, it should be out later today. Um, it's usually actually out earlier on Tuesdays. We try and aim it for that. But, you know, the, the problem with having Coulter come join that that pod is the three of us like to sit and drink and talk Grizz sports. Sure. COVID's kind of interrupted that, so we do it via Zoom. It's not quite the same. But you get Coulter on there, and he will talk forever about Grizz sports. So it just went long. That's kind of the format, though, right? Oh, absolutely. No complaints from my end on that front. <laughs> That's so good. Let's talk about the show here. So, I mean, when you first approached me about, you know, doing, yeah, yeah. filling in a little bit, yeah. um, uh, Tutel's last day was going to be before, but now you got it Thursday. Right. So, last time you talked, or last time you and I talked about this, you've, you've got like 30 what? I, I got 30 plus people that are interested in doing it. It seems to be there's more every single day. Who knew? Coulter and Friends is literally. <laughs> it's so happening. It's, it's like 38, 39 guys. Yeah. I don't know. Um, out there. So I got a question for you. Sure. It's going to be awkward when you tell the other 38 that they didn't get the job. <laughs> New just planned on hitting I mean, a home run today. Walk off. He's, he's, yeah. getting a, he's getting his spot on the other side of the table solidified. We're going to cancel all the other auditions. The only reason we didn't Wally Pip to tell the first time I called the show is because I'm a nice guy. You know, and I'm, I'm ready. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's a lot of great people lined up. I, I love it, but you're always welcome to come by. I know I, people, I mean, in terms of why how this relationship developed, Mike has been a great supporter of this show, but he also is a guy that I really respect in terms of his ability to analyze and also have conversations about athletics and things in this community, both above emotion. So often people's conversations gravitate toward how they feel rather than just thinking about it. And you're such an analytical thinker, and that's why I like uh, doing these bits with you. You know, the people who uh, sit next to me at my uh, my football seats in Washington Grizzly Stadium, my basketball seats uh, for the Grizz games, uh, Dahlberg, they disagree with what you just said about <laughs> not reacting emotionally. Sure, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, in the heat but, of the battle, Mike can go into fan mode for sure. And, and, you know, it happens to the best of us, you know, especially when I, yeah, I'm sitting there melting down on Sunday. The only thing I remain a fan of is the Minnesota Vikings. And, uh, and Kirk Cousins, your boy. Oh boy, and Dan ba- Dan Bailey might have actually done me a favor. People say, keep asking me, well, "What do you think of Dan Bailey missing, missing those kicks?" Vikings are going to miss the playoffs because Dan Bailey can't make a kick. And I said, "Well, if the Vikings miss the playoffs, maybe they won't resign Kirk Cousins." And so then Dan Bailey might be my hero. Yeah, I was going to say you don't want. <laughs> I mean, they got to they got to get to the end of this Kirk Cousins thing. We can talk about this when we talk about the Niners. Yeah, yeah no question. We we certainly will. We will we'll certainly overlay that. It is two tall Nuanas, Mike Nugent joining me uh, in the ESPN Missoula Studios, one two nine ESPN Missoula statewide SWX Montana Tele. Television and around the planet Earth on both YouTube and the live stream. Want to find the live stream? Go to 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Want to get into the show? Give us a call, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. You're going to need that because here in about mm, 30, 35 minutes, we're going to talk a little Tagliari Deli. Rank our top sandwiches that we've tried so far this year. We're going to give you $25 to Missoula's Best Deli. Uh, before we get to this recruiting thing, Mike, real-time update. Lady Grizz are playing at Seattle U. Lady Grizz had a spirited effort in Spokane on Sunday against number 25, Gonzaga. They end up losing uh, 59-51, so an eight-point loss to the number 25 team in the country. But Lady Grizz have looked a lot better, and right now here they are. Three minutes to go in the third quarter, and it's 42-36. The Lady Grizz were all over the uh, the uh, the Red Hawks in this game, but Seattle U a little bit momentum. Uh, point guard just gets a steal and lays it in. So four-point gap, UM leading late in the third quarter, but we'll keep you apprised on that. There's a lot of basketball action this week. We got Lady Grizz in action. Men Grizz are in action tomorrow at uh, Seattle, uh, excuse me, at the University of Washington in Seattle. Bobcats play at Washington State on Friday. We also have an interview with Danny Sprinkle coming up later on this week. And uh, Montana State's women, they play at Portland on Thursday, and then they finish out their non-conference schedule next week as well. So we'll keep you updated on all those things. Mike, I have a random question for you before we get into recruiting. This is actually interesting. These are dangerous for me. My, my, uh, 
best friends growing up my whole life were twins. Okay. Jason Ty Palmer. And uh, they still still remains my best friends in the, in the world. But those guys, they're, they were so identified as twins. They go play football at the University of Montana. It's the Palmer twins. Even though one plays receiver, one plays defensive end, they're not even in the same side of the ball, but it's always twins, twins, twins. And now here they are. One lives in Missoula, one lives in Billings, so they're 350 miles apart. And I think it's interesting as you grow older, when you're making friends as adults, I mean, you and I became friends in our 30s. So I've never met your twin. <laughs> I, I don't even identify you as a twin, mm-hmm. but that's such a huge part of you. At what point when you're an adult, I mean, what's it like being a twin? Because when you become an adult, then all of a sudden you're not just the Nugent twins anymore, right? You have these independent lives and all these independent friends. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know any different is the easy, easy, right. easiest way to answer that question. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun. My brother and I, you know, went different routes when we were in college. I stuck here, went to the University of Montana. He went to uh, Washington State University. Okay. Cougue. Um, then he worked. Was that in, intentional? Did you guys want to get away from each other? Well, you know, I never, it never really bothered me. He mm. definitely wanted to be independent. Sure. And I love him. And we, we joke about this all the time, but. Well, like, Will, Will Albrecht, who's a true freshman on the Lady Grizz, we had her on uh, our senior spotlight, which actually you, yourself, Mike yep. Deidre Berkshire Hathaway sponsored this summer. But Will Albrecht from Billings West High School was a uh, twin. Mm-hmm. She's plays for Lady Grizz. Her sister went to go play at Cornell. And, we, and Gus said, well, why, you know, why didn't your sister come with you to Montana? She said, are you kidding me? We're trying to get as far away from each other as we possibly can. So well, one you, goes all the way to the East you Coast. You just never knew that independence. So it's like you wanted to try it. You wanted to kind of experience it. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, he he kind of established himself as a professional. He actually now works at the University of Montana. He's, oh, cool. I forget what his title is. He's the director of something in residence life and housing for education. He's a really smart guy. And the university's lucky to have him. He's mm-hmm. probably underpaid. <laughs> um, but uh, so he's, you know, he's worked a couple of places professionally, worked uh, at UMass um, a little bit after they beat us in the semifinal. So it wasn't a rivalry then. Um, and, you know, he's worked at Wazoo, came back here. So the kind of the funny thing is we had this whole segment of our lives, you know, until 18, 19 years old where know each other, you know, do everything together, even though we've kind of got separate friends too. Goes off to college, we completely establish separate groups of people. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I, of course, you know, worked the university for a while, I got into real estate, established myself in the business community, and really do establish this identity on my own. You know, people who know us, know our family, of course, know I had a twin. He moves back, and one of the first things I told to him, and it was probably more vulgar than I can say on television, but, um, I said, you know, if you are walking down the street and somebody says hi to you, yeah, you need to be nice to them <laughs> because that might be a client of mine. Sure, and right. They don't know because I always used to joke that he had a tendency, like, if somebody said hi to him, like they were t- looking for me, yeah, and they weren't looking for him, he'd get offended. Right, um, right. <laughs> so we always joke about that, but uh, no, I've really actually enjoyed him being back. So to answer your question, I mean, I don't know anything different, yeah, but it was growing up, you always had that best friend to play with uh-huh. so you were never alone and i've loved that we've gotten to be you know good friends with him again not that we ever weren't but you know get to do things together and mm-hmm. our families get to be parts of each other's lives so it's great it is fascinating my fifth grade teacher mrs myers at hellgate elementary she was a twin and i remember when i was a kid i saw her twin at the store mm-hmm. went up to her mrs myers mrs myers she's like oh yeah i already get this all the time but i know i know you probably think i'm your teacher but i'm not and i was like what what are you talking about because you only think of twins as kids you never think of them as adults to tell the waters well 290 espn missoula statewide swx montana television mike nugent joining me colter nuana's in studio let's talk a little recruiting it the national signing period i guess the early signing period now it uh it opens tomorrow both the Bobcats and the Grizz expected to sign you know, roughly 20 guys. Could be a little more, a little less. But Montana heavy class on both sides. I think that's for two reasons. One, the pandemic. Pretty hard to bring kids to campus. In fact, it's against FCAA rules to bring kids to campus for official visits right now. It's a little easier of a sell uh, to sell to uh, in-state guys, particularly here in the city of Missoula. If you're the Grizz, they're expected to sign six, count them, six guys from the city of Missoula, including five from Missoula Sentinel. Uh, pretty lucky for Montana, I think, that they it happened to be one of the better years in Missoula high school football in the last generation in the year where they can't really bring guys to campus. But Montana State, they're expected to to sign a heavy number of Montana kids as well. So first question for you, Mike, what is your overall perspective of this early signing period? To me, it seems like it caters a, a lot to the Montana schools particularly because you can get all these in-state kids and you can basically say, we're done with in-state recruiting early. And then if you want to fill in the blanks late, it kind of lets you just fill in the pieces of the puzzle. Well, it seems like 
college coaches are trying to figure out exactly how it works. And then this year with COVID, that really didn't help anything. Um, but I think you're right for the Montana schools because it allows them to kind of f- try and lock up Montana kids and fill needs and then figure out what they still have available or what they still need to fill and kind of go out for that second signing period and recruit those guys. Um, you know, I'm a little bit torn sometimes on on how coaches approach it because they all seem different. And it's like, you know, if somebody was good enough to sign in the second period or in the you know, if you sign in the second period, why didn't you offer them in the first period? Sure. And how does that work out? But at the same time, some guys aren't ready to make those decisions or they want to see, you know, where the chips might fall. So, you know, it's probably a little bit of a, a, a gambling analogy where it's like you got to decide whether you're going to play your cards or you're going to wait and hold a spot for another person. But it certainly seems like it helps the Montana schools in my mind. For sure. It's so interesting the difference in the way that these two head coaches approach it. Bobby Houck has said the last two years, hey, we're getting it done. Like we might add a preferred walk on or two in the set in the February date, but this is it. This is the class. This is the press conference. This is all we're going to say about it. Mm-hmm. We're moving on. The team is going to be the team as of January, and we're rolling. Whereas Jeff Choate has then gone out and recruited some of the guys that maybe. Here's the interesting part: is if you you monitor particularly the Mountain West, there'll be some guys that maybe are in the mix to get Mountain West offers, or maybe had them and had offers and then lost them, and then those guys all of a sudden. They're left out to dry. They might be a superior talent to an FCS in terms of just as a recruit, but then they might be left without an offer because that position got signed. And as people forget, the FCS, you can split scholarships and you can sign uh, substantially more guys. At the FBS level, since everybody's a full ride, you can only sign 25 guys in a class. So once you got 25 guys, You're you're done. And so then there's a lot of guys that fall through the cracks. And particularly, like that's what Montana State did last year. They basically signed eight guys that were Mountain West fall throughs. Uh, in their last class. So you wonder if Montana adjusts that. But I also think that the Grizz, and I want to get your thoughts on this, the Grizz have re-attacked Montana. Obviously, that's a Bobby Howe trademark. But particularly this year makes it a lot easier. But it seems to me, though, that they're saving some of their ammunition, so to speak, their scholarships to recruit off the portal, to recruit transfers. Because, I mean, they added, what, I think 11, 12 transfers this last offseason. I think yep. they're going to go do the same thing again. It certainly seems like it. And I almost think it would be irresponsible not to. So it's like that may have been the approach for year one or year two uh, with Coach Houck. But it seems irresponsible not to wait and see. Like if there's a borderline Mountain West guy who can fall to you in that second signing period, you should have a spot for him. So, but then it's kind of the the chicken and the egg thing where it's like you hold spots open, you don't sign a guy, but then what if you don't get your guy? And then all of a sudden it's like, you've got a scholarship that you, you could have filled on someone. So it's, you know, it's a little bit of a, you, you are gambling there, but I think that at our level, you have to, there has to be a drop down element. Yep. That's just the reality of, yep. of of building rosters at, at these schools. So I think you're right. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see because the, the, the fall football season for the teams that have been able to play at the levels like Mountain West, even the Pac-12 yep. and stuff like that, it's such a weird year. Such a weird year. But it's like you look at some of the guys out there, you know, and, and you know, we, we talk about like quarterbacks and, and things like that. And, you know, somebody who, who maybe was um, – thinking they were going to start at that level, right. but then here in this weird season, they're not. It's sure. like, are they going to drop down at mid-year and do they get a play in the spring if that actually happens, which is a whole other conversation? Um, you know, I just think it's an interesting time to be a, a, a transfer athlete. Well, there was uh, there was a lot of um, mixed feelings about transfers at, at the coming that were quote unquote dropping down. And I think a lot of that stemmed from uh, some of the guys that landed at Eastern Washington after, after having maybe some checkered pass and a lot of guys that landed at Montana after having some checkered pass. But the thing that's, I, that I found fascinating one, when you look at Montana state, Jeff Choate had this pipeline from Washington after he came from the university of Washington, he got burned early with a couple of those corners that he brought in that got in trouble but he's got he's struck gold lately with guys like Bryce Dirk, Amandre Williams that have been you know not just starters but all Big Sky players for the Bobcats. But you wonder how long does that pipeline last? Because now he's going into year five. John Clark, yeah, no he, connections to any of those right. guys. Right. I mean, jo- John Clark, the the big D tackle, who's a grad transfer coming into Montana State. I expect that to be kind of the last guy that had a tr- true connection to Choate because he's a grad transfer. I mean, he's a fifth year guy. He he was the last guy that was brought in to Washington by Choate that then has followed Choate to Bozeman. So you wonder how long that lasts. But then when it comes to Montana, 
it seems to me that Bobby Houck is doing a very similar thing because he had these connections in Vegas because of his time at UNLV, but also these connections in Southern California because of his time at San Diego State. And, and you look at some of the high schools that they're recruiting out. Like the Grizz are only expected to sign three out-of-state guys tomorrow. One of them is Daniel Britt, the quarterback from Henderson, Nevada, who played for the high school that knocked off Bishop Gorman. It was the first time they lost an in-state game in over a decade. But that's uh, not necessarily a, a kid that Coach Houck knew, but a high school but that he knew about. was definitely there. Exactly. And then you look at some of the other transfers that they brought in, like the the Justin Belknap kid from Arizona, the defensive end. You know, he's He uh, is from... Nevada, but then also I think spent some time in high school in San Diego, and I'm pretty sure he knows Robbie Houck. So you have these connections. So I just feel like the uh, the jaded nature of transfers now, first and foremost, the Big Sky passed this rule a couple years ago where you can't bring guys in that have any sort of violent crimes in their past. There is no, if you have any form of assault on your record. Which is a great rule. It's a great rule. I mean, and, and, you know, Montana had a couple in the past where there was guys that did get in trouble, you know, mixing it up, fights, things like that. That's not the case anymore. Oh, did they? I never knew that. <laughs> I hadn't heard anything about that. Culture. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a testament, though, to the fact – I think it's also – I think it's a testament to the way that, the, that recruiting in general has been um, way more uh, diversified, but also just a testament to the fact that um, I think that – Montana is doing there's they have such a systematic way of bringing in transfers that it seems like almost all the transfers that they brought in this time around like first time around under coach Elk, he was bringing in guys a lot of times just to push other guys he didn't care if they ever panned out sometimes they did sometimes you got an Eric Allen or a Craig Chambers or you know a couple of the great drop downs that they had and then sometimes he had like Roy Rodimer or you know guys yep. that never really tab Perry guys that never played but this time, it seems like these guys, are they're fitting into the program pretty seamlessly. Yeah, and it's also a different, I mean, it's like this this would have been year three of, of the second version of, of the Hauk era, you know. And you're going to, you know, when you come into a program, especially a program that's got some some great depth in certain positions and some real, real holes in others, you got to go find guys to compete. And, you, you know, you can't approach it the same way. It'll be interesting to see how he approaches this in year five and year six because he is a big guy that likes to build depth, grow within. Yep. But I also think the nature of transfers has changed so much, even in the last five years in college football. And now with the NCAA changing the transfer rules and stuff like that, it's like, what does this all mean? How's it going to impact, um, you know, college sports at all levels? Are, are the Grizz and the Cats and Eastern and teams like this in danger of becoming farm teams for, you know, these Power Five conferences? I think there's a risk there. But I also think that you might see some more movement intra-level which mm-hmm. I think actually benefits teams like Montana and Montana State because they're attractive places to, to play. Yes. You know, you could come play in front of fans. They've got good facilities. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the Cats and the Grizz both kind of try and use that to their advantage. The farm system analogy is an interesting one because, yeah, on one hand, you don't want schools coming in and stealing Vernon Adams and Dakota Prukop and Samari Torre and guys that you've developed that are all-American type guys at the FCS level. On the other hand, the guys that can actually truly make the jump are so few and far between. Like people have asked me, "What's going on? Is anybody else going to do this?" Well, I think there, you, there's there's less than five guys in the whole state for either program that could, and I think that most of them are all bought into the programs that they're with now. Absolutely, it's like you just you hope that it it doesn't become a thing where people are more delusional about their abilities because not everybody can do it. But mm-hmm. for the guys that can, I don't blame them at all. Right, and I actually think that if anybody does blame a. a someone for wanting to challenge themselves and know if they can compete at that next level. It's like, I kind of question the motivation there. Cause after all, it's like, this is America land of capitalism. You know, sure. it's like, why would you not want to maximize your, your one opportunity to, to play college sports? So I can't blame the athletes at all for wanting to investigate that. I stuff. mean, when Samari Torre transferred, coach out came on our show the next day and you know, before the interview, I said, Hey, you know, I know you don't like to talk about guys that are no longer a part of your program, so you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but we got to ask you about it. And he said, no, ask me. Please ask me. And then he, he said, Samari Torre did exactly what we asked him to do. He graduated, he got his degree early, and he's going to explore his professional dreams. And if that takes, you know, landing at a Pac-12 or a Mountain West, so be it. But like Coach Elk said, it's not Samari Torre's fault that they're not playing this fall. Yep. Like he, he was here all fall doing his school. Already. so. Yep. And you know what? That's a really mature answer from Coach Out because I think it actually kind of understands the reality of the situation. And not every coach is going to take that route. Yeah, no doubt. 
Two-Tone Noirs, 129 ESPN Missoula. A couple quick recruiting questions for you. I don't know how much you've studied this Grizz list. I know you monitor it at least a little bit. Was there anybody in particular you're either excited about or uh, or curious about that Montana's expected to sign tomorrow? You know, I'm actually really curious just in general just because we followed them a lot anyway, but the, the, that group of guys coming from Sentinel, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm really interested. And you talk about being a big group of guys from Sentinel, but two of the five – you know, um, one transferred in Frenchtown, one transferred yep. in from Washington. James Kuswitz from Frenchtown, Kuswitch Cameron and Sermon and from Wenatchee, Washington. One of the two yep. QBs. And side note, that whole QB pla- uh, um, platoon that that's yeah. around. What talk about great guys to be, right? You know, did you see? Did you see the that team. the first team All State quarterback was not either Sermon, who was the Double A MVP, or Dayton Bay, but it was just Sentinel quarterbacks. That's pretty cool. I thought that was great that they did that. But it's like, you know, it's like we talk about a competition and stuff like that. And it's like for everything from the outside, obviously we're not in the program, but those two guys handled that as like maturely as I think you possibly could much more mature than their age. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like, you think of a lot of people and they just throw a fit and whatever, yeah. and especially when, you know, um, you're the one guy who was there all the year Dave before Bay was there. Exactly. and stuff like that. So, I mean, kudos to them. Um, I'm kind of excited to see what some of those guys come in and do um, just because that was such a dominant double-A team. Yeah. And and you and I have talked about this. We talked about this a bit on the podcast yesterday, too. It's such a good year for double-A uh, football in Montana anyway Yeah. Um, that it's it's going to be kind of fun to see some of these guys, like the names you kind of recognized in that championship game between Missoula and Billings, you know, um, and and what they're going to do at the next level and daily and things like that with the Cats. I, I just think it's going to be fascinating to watch that group. Yeah, and they are a great group, too, because I think that, you know, you look at the five guys from Sentinel that are coming in. I think Montana's getting those guys for a pretty good bargain. It's hard to say what the actual scholarship divide is right now because they don't know how many guys are going to move on from the program, come back. They don't know how much money they're going to have going into the next fall with this being a zero year. But, and, you know, here's what my thought on those Sentinel guys. I think that they're all the most surefire recruits that you can sign, not because of their endless and limitless potential, but because I think that they'll all reach their potential, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, you know, their potential is just to be like a depth guy who's, you know, the third or fourth linebacker by the time they're juniors and seniors, they'll get there. I don't think these guys, barring, you know, injury, it's not going to be a dramatic situation or, you know, walking away from the program or false promises. I think they'll stick with it. I I, I had so much fun covering that group of guys this year because they're all so mature. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had them in the studio for a group interview right before the state championship game, and they're all so thoughtful and articulate, smart, wise beyond their years. It's a testament to the guys that uh, have rebuilt that Sentinel Athletic Department, honestly, because the the fact that all of those guys are such classy young men, uh, it it really is a testament to the guys like Dane Oliver and his coaching staff at Missoula Sentinel. Yeah, you know, I've never met uh, Coach Oliver, but I have huge respect for him just because having gone to Sentinel and kind of, you know, followed this, that school for a long time and just to, to see what they've built there, but not only in football. I mean, they're competitive in all kinds of sports in a way that I think that you you now you kind of look at it as like a model for other high schools in Montana. It's like they're doing things the right way. But I agree with you as far as that goes. As far as maybe not Montana kids on the list, sure. um, I'm kind of really excited to see McGoran. Uh, yeah. Just because I love when we poach guys out of the backyard sure. of our rivals. The ben McGoran's dad played old, played for Eastern Washington. Yep. His older brother's on the team, who and I think he's going to be one of our breakout stars when we when we actually get to play at some point. Sure. Um, so I'm I'm kind of excited to see that um, and to kind of see how that plays out. Anybody the cats have that are expected to sign that, that you wish the Grizz would have made a run at or that, that, uh, that you thought was a good get on the Bobcat side of things? Well, you know, obviously Daly is one that yeah. just just because he had Missoula ties and For stuff sure. like that and it went to Sentinel those first two years um, and played so well in that championship game. I think that that, you know, he's one that I'm kind of excited to see how they develop. But I love seeing the Montana kids play well wherever they are. And, sure. You know, I, I people sometimes, because I'm such a Grizz fan and, and, you know, we have the pod and stuff like that, I think people sometimes think that, um, you know, we we don't want the cats to do well. And it's like, no, I definitely, I definitely want those Montana boys to take advantage of their opportunities and, and do really well. And he's one that I want to just, I want to see how it plays out. Tutel Nuanas, Mike Nugent joining me, Coulter Nuanas in the ESPN Missoula studios, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana television, and around the planet Earth on both the YouTube and the live stream. Live update from Seattle, Lady Grizz clinging to a 56-48 
lead right now, 316 left. But Maddie Schoening, the only senior on the grid, she's down with what looks like a lower leg injury. I didn't quite catch it, but they're messing with her ankle. So she looks to be in a lot of pain. The good news is a lot of times those ankles, they hurt a lot more than they are serious in terms of long-term effects. But either way, Grizz Lone Senior down will keep you apprised as this game continues uh, to march on. We got to get out because I got a lot of questions about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's a lot better than a lot of people think he is. I want to know what Mike thinks. Two tell Nuanas next. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn, also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Welcome back. Two-Tell Nuanas minus the Two-Tell. His swan song, it's coming. It's Thursday. Then he'll be out on the road. Can You You have kids, Nuge. Can you imagine going on a cross-country road trip with your wife and children that has no start and no end? No. <laughs> Straight up answer, no. That's why Ryan's the I love the greatest, my wife man. and love my kids, but you wanna, they, you wanna, mutually, we all would say no to that. <laughs> you want to keep loving them. That's right. That's that's why your wonderful wife, Stacey, lets you do two and a half hour podcasts with your friends and neighbors. It is 2-tell-nuanas-129-ESPN, Missoula. If you want to find us online, go to 1029ESPN.com. There, you'll find the podcast. Go check out Grizz Greats. Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champs. We're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Montana's first football national championship, 25-part podcast series. You can find that at 1029ESPN.com. You can also find our Two Tell Nuanas podcast at that same website. You can also find the stream. Streams presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Stocks of NFL, Nuge. You're a 49ers guy. There's a lot of scuttle about the 49ers. I think, first of all, the fact that they even have paired together five wins with the just ridiculous amount of injuries just, that they have. The injuries have. on that team are just insane. It's, it's like, it, I mean, injuries are a part of the NFL, and they're going to be rampant all, all the time. But t- truly, Jimmy Garoppolo, Debo Samuel, Rasheem Mostert, George Kittle have not played... I don't think they've played a snap together. They've all been hurt at various times because Debo was hurt early. Mostert was hurt in the middle. Garoppolo's been in and out. Kittle's been in and out. But there's a lot of scuttle about the 49ers because after their great run to the Super Bowl last year, it's impossible to replicate that when Nick Bosa, who in my opinion is one of the best players in the NFL, period, is out. All the, I mean, the whole defensive line is out. All your star skill players are out, including multiple guys that are truly all pro talents. But a lot of scuttle about Jimmy Garoppolo. He signed the big contract a couple years ago. They front-loaded it, so now next year they're going to get him either for a bargain or maybe not get him at all. What are your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo? Is he the thing holding the 49ers back? He's not the thing holding the 49ers back, but better QB play would have won than the Super Bowl. Um, but some of that also was on the coaching because like, you watched the playoffs last year and they became so run-dominant because they were so good at it. Right. But they really destroyed his confidence or illustrated that Shanahan didn't have confidence in Garoppolo right. to actually go out and, you know, win the game passing. So then when you ask him to do things, he's just a hair off. He's like above average, certainly better than Kirk Cousins. <laughs> certainly better than Kirk Cousins. But it's like, 
is he going to be the guy, you know, it's like you used to back up Tom Brady and people sure. acted like he could be Tom Brady. And it's like, I don't, I don't see that. Now you have to remember that he's really only played one full season because he gets hurt all the time. Right. And when he, when he was in though, I mean, he's, he's winning like what? 75% of this, this tire. I mean, he's, he's got a very high win percentage as a starter. He does. Side note, final uh, final score out of Seattle, 61-55 Lady Grizz. Very nice. Lady Grizz moved to 2-2 two and two on the season. So uh, a program that uh, seems to have some things going right yeah, in good. its favor for the first time in a long time. Good for them. All right, back to back to what we were talking about. Um, where they go, I don't know. They owe them a lot of money, but it's easy to get rid of them. Right. The question is, who do they get? And, you know, my jokes with Brent Wahlberg aside that they're going to go out and steal Rodgers from the Packers. Do you um, ever think about what would have happened if the 49ers just would have drafted Aaron Rodgers way back when? I mean, it's so crazy to sit and think about that now because it's like Alex Smith turned out to not be a scrub. I mean, he's still in the league. Kyle Sample, our good buddy and friend of this show, he's a big 49ers fan too. He thinks that if Aaron Rodgers would have gone to the 49ers, they would have ruined him. I think he's probably right because you look at what happened the first seven years of Alex Smith's career. He had like five offensive coordinators, three head coaches. I mean, it's like they were a mess. And he's looking like a bust. And then he goes, pairs up with Andy Reid, who was one of the great offensive lines. First first Harbaugh, right, right, right. And he gets functional coaching, and then all of a sudden, he's great. Yeah. So it's like, you know, what... Is he has he ever been anywhere near the Aaron Rodgers level? No. So it's like I think that Rodgers probably could have been better. But the thing about Rodgers is he he went he sat behind Favre for what was it three seasons? Yeah. So it, they're almost not comparable. Sure. Because if if Alex Smith could have just sat and learned for three years, sure. I bet that his peak starts earlier. You know. So for sure. Buy or sell Matt Ryan. So we we sample and I actually text about this because they say sell. I probably take Matt Ryan over Jimmy Garoppolo next season if they if the option was the two of them. Buy or sell Sam Darnold. I would take Sam Darnold. This Buy. is this Buy. is this is samples like dream of I dreams. It's because I think he would USC actually just guy. pass out if, yeah, if it, it happened. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I, I watched Donald the other day and it's like, some of that's coaching because the Jets are oh. awful. Oh man. But some of it's him too. I don't know. It, I, I, I buy Donald just because I feel like you're starting, you're starting over with the, what's the guy's ceiling? Can we, can we get there? But there there's some guys like Mitch Trubisky. When you watch him, you're like this sell, guy, sell, yeah, sell, yeah, right, right. sell. Like Trubisky, he can't process the information in front of him, but he also is just not that talented. You look at Darnold, he's gun shy because he hasn't got protected at all. He doesn't know where to go with the ball with the ball because they don't have anywhere to go with the ball. His best running back option has been in the NFL since we were in high school. I mean, Frank Gore is like this machine who will not quit. But I just but then you watch Darnold throw the ball though, he's got a whip. Oh, I mean, he's got a great arm. So I just think that he has a lot more talent. Like Trubisky has no talent and no acumen. Darnold has at least one portion of it. So yeah. I, I hope somehow, some way. Darnold gets uh, another opportunity well, somewhere he's else. Get some somewhere because someone's going to give the Jets a decent draft pick for him. You know, it's going to be a win-win. The Jets are going to at least be able to recruit something when they go out and draft Trevor Lawrence. And where do they go? Is it the Vikings? And th- this is a, this is another question. This is, I asked Riley Corcoran this yesterday on the show. If you think that, th- I just don't know how Trevor Lawrence fixes anything. If you're the Jets, like. The quarterback is so far down your list of issues. The fact that you have a coach that no one wants to play for is a big issue. Well, they got to fire that guy. I mean, they, they the have only reason they haven't fired him is because what's the point? You're going to lose well, right. either way. So I, I mean, the, 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 the running joke on New York City talk radio is that they're keeping him to ensure they go 0 and 16. <laughs> like, he, he's their security blank. He's their insurance policy well, for the number one pick. performance a couple weeks ago against the Raiders, I believe that. It'll be so interesting to see, too, if Trevor Lawrence, I mean, we haven't seen it in a while, but it was actually a sort of commonplace late 90s, early 2000s, where quarterbacks, when they knew they were going to be a high draft pick, would strong armor their way out of that position. Mm-hmm. I mean, Eli Manning did it. At Phillip Rivers, there was the draft day trade. And there's been some guys that have said, hey, I ain't going there. You, you wonder know, if Trevor Lawrence does that. I think Burrow had more chips to try and do that last year and he didn't do it with the Bengals. Sure. I think that from a financial standpoint, you're crazy to strong arm your way out of being the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. Yeah. I mean, New York is a market unlike any other. So I think, I mean, I think that'd be a mistake. And I think that he is going to make it attractive for people to hire for that job. Like, I think they're going to have their choice of coaches. 
So in other words, don't mess it up. Well, that, that that's exactly right. That's that's where Joe Burrow didn't strong arm his way out of there because I think he really likes Zach Taylor. Yep. Zach Taylor's an upcoming offensive mind. I mean, total side note, but poor Joe Burrow. I mean, he we were talking all year about how the Bengals offensive line was going to get this poor kid injured. And then he got injured in a more horrific fashion than Mm -hmm. is even possible. But here nor there, a text from loyal listener who also happens to be the wonderful person who signs my paychecks. Uh, She is a uh, proud (laughs) Wisconsin native. And she says, stop it. Aaron Rodgers was destined to back up Brett Favre. He's a Packer and that's all he'll ever be. And she also says Baker Mayfield fixed Cleveland. So Trevor Lawrence can fix New York. It's a good Baker premise. Mayfield fixed Cleveland, though. I, I mean, think they don't rely on him much this year. It's like they overused him and then pulled back a little bit. Now they've seemed to find this happy medium. One of the craziest parts about the NFL is how executives in the NFL think that coaching changes will be a quick fix if the coach, but they, they fail to re- realize how important it is to have continuity. Yep. The Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen was, was, um, looking like he was going the way of Josh Rosen when he first got in the league. He was so sporadic. But what do they do? They keep him and McDermott together. They keep building. They keep building. They get him pieces. Like If the New York Jets were to go out and sign multiple former Pro Bowl offensive linemen like the Bills did, mm-hmm. they were to go out and sign or to go out and trade for an all-pro wide receiver like Stephon Diggs like the Bills did, maybe Sam Darnold takes a jump. Yep. And that, I just think that what do the Patriots teach us? Coach and quarterback continuity is the key to success. So I think that you're right. The Jets just got to not screw up the hire. Riley said yesterday he thinks that Dabo Swinney is going to go with Trevor Lawrence to New York. What do you think of that? I think that's outrageous. I This is a hot take, but I don't know that Dabo Sweeney would do well in the New York media market. No. Dabo um, Sweeney takes no prisoners. <laughs> and the other thing is, I mean, Dabo Sweeney would have to take like a serious pay cut. I mean, I'll bet you the I bet oh, you no, the Jets would pay him whatever. I mean, I don't. Are they going to pay ten million? Though? Absolutely, man. I mean, the Jets will. If Dabo Sweeney wanted to coach the Jets, they would pay him ten million dollars. <laughs> I mean, why not? They'd be stupid not to. It's the it's the biggest money maker in you know all of sports. It, it is true. So, question though, how do you think she feels about Jordan Love? Oh man. Well, see, Ryan Gus Tutel hates Jordan Love. He, but he also refuses to buy the notion that Jordan Love revitalized Aaron Rodgers' career. I think that that's like one of the biggest storylines of the of the season. He was great last year. What are you talking about, Rodgers? He, he, he was. Rogers he likes was, to have a chip. On he was chip. okay last year. You're so right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is at his absolute best when he's just being. Uh, I get all the words I want to use to describe it. When he's acting like that, though, that's yep. when he's at his best. I mean, he's a surly dude. He likes to prove people wrong. That's the other thing. If he would have been the number one pick, would he have had this drive for so long? I don't know. No, I, I definitely think that she's got a point. I'm not going to go with destiny, but it all worked out this way, I think, for, for a reason. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Tutel Nuanas, 1290 ESPN, Missoula, statewide, SWX Montana Television. Mike Nugent joining me, Coulter Nuanas in studio. We got to get out. I know you're hungry. We got Taglieri sandwiches for you. Keep it right here. Tutel Nuanas. Connections are what bring us together, whether halfway around the world or in the office next door. Blackfoot Communications is proud to provide next-generation network infrastructure that enables reliable, secure, and always-on connections. From SD-WAN and firewalls to business voice and fiber, our solutions connect you to your community. Visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 406-541-5000 to learn more. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas minus the Two Tell. He will have one last swan song, Ryan. Two Tell will on Thursday. But until then, I got all my buddies stopping by the studio. Mike Nuja in studio with me today. If you missed anything in the first oh, 50 minutes of the show, check it out on the podcast. Podcast available 1029ESPN.com. We're up against it already, so let's get into it. First and foremost, you're a sandwich guy, right, Nuge? You ever been to Taglieri Deli? Oh, yeah. I know you have. You got a favorite there? I don't. 
You just like them all. I just like them all. Well, I know what I don't like. See, that's my thing. It's like, See, okay. I just know what I don't want on the sandwich, right. but I'll eat quite a few of the sandwiches. <laughs> right. We're, they've been kind enough to let us try a variety of them, but uh, my favorites that I've had so far this year, the Holland Oats was really great. The Megadeth, really good. The Doobie Brothers, really mm-hmm. good. They named them all after the bands. The Zeppelin was outstanding as well. If you haven't tried Tagliere, you want to because you're going to keep on coming back for more. It's the best sandwich, not only in the city of Missoula, probably in the entire state of Montana. They've been on the Food Network. They've been all over the magazines, all over everywhere, right there on the corner of Beckwith and Higgins. And if you haven't tried them or you have, either way, you're going to give, want to give us a call right now. 361-3688. That's 361-3688. gift card to Tagliere Delicatessen. You can use it on the sandwiches. You can use it on... Um, some cured meats, a cheese plate. You can get a bottle of wine. They even got some bubbly in there. They got some great Italian goods, noodles, pasta sauces, all that stuff. So go check out Tagliere Deli today. Give us a call. Second caller. Going to get a $25 gift card. We're doing it every Tuesday. We won't be here the last two weeks of 2020. Well, we'll be back after the new year, and we'll keep on rolling every single Tuesday, Tagliere Tuesday, brought to you by Tagliere Deli in Missoula. Mike, we talked recruiting in the first segment, and you were saying you were pretty excited about these five Sentinel guys that are expected to sign with the Grizzlies tomorrow. And uh, broadly, though, you're a Missoula Sentinel guy, and it honestly, in the 90s and the early 2000s, it reached this level of Sentinel football. It was almost like Sentinel football was like a running joke. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, they, they, they were in Sports Illustrated let's, as ranked as... Hold, hold on. It wasn't the early 2000s. It was the mid-90s. Mid-90s, but then they had... The true but then, but then they had that other three-year losing streak in the late 2000s when my brother was in high school as well. Yeah, you know, that was after me. I don't know what to tell you. Well, regardless, regardless, you went to Sentinel, and during your time at Sentinel, there was some great athletic programs. Mm-hmm. There were some great teams. There were some great basketball players. I mean, Eric Hankel, Jordan Haskett. I mean... Should say just the yeah, Hankel brothers and the Haskett brothers. Division I mean, one players, yeah, a yeah. bunch of Division one guys. You know, girls basketball has always been strong at Sentinel, particularly under Karen Deed in these last, you know, decade plus. Uh, but football, it was sort of an afterthought. So th- watching this year, your alma mater put it together and, and not just go undefeated and win the state championship, their first class double A state championship since uh, 1972, but do it. I mean, I think they outscored people like 490 to 40 or something like that. I mean, they were winning every game like 49 to seven. What, what were you, th- what were your thoughts as you were monitoring? You know, this? even not just a Sentinel alum thing, but just a Missoula high school thing. No doubt. Because they're, I mean, you know, the, the double A's are the three smallest in the state, I believe still. And I think Belgrade might be in there yeah, now. Belgrade, since Belgrade moved up, but, but yeah, no, it's, it's low enrollment. So, less than a thousand kids at Big Sky and, at this and, point. Yeah. I was going to say the big, the big struggle when, when I was there and then, you know, people I knew before and people, you know, subsequently after me was just always, you know, finding enough people to be involved in enough things to kind of be competitive on those bigger sport levels and, and to kind of build that culture. So that's just what's so impressive to me. And it's like, it started, you know, Coach Oliver, the guy before him whose name I'm blanking Pete on. Joseph. Pete Joseph. Yep. Uh, you know, it's like they clearly they, they clearly started to kind of instill a culture that's that's carried over. And sure. I'm nothing but impressed. I thought one of the best interviews we did in 2020 was last Thursday on our Coach's Corner. If you want to check it out, you go to our podcast, go to the 129ESPN.com, click on podcast, find last Thursday's second hour, the Coach's Corner with Dane Oliver, Pete Joseph, and Chris Cosina. Those three guys have, Pete Joseph was the head coach from 2005 until 2012 when Dane took over. Chris Cosina has been a volunteer coach there the, the duration of that 15-year time. And then obviously Dane, he was an assistant for Pete and then took over for Pete as the head coach. But those guys laid the foundation. The culture is a huge part of it. You can feel it when you go to Sentinel High School. All the coaches are on the same page. You know, Craig Mettler, former Grizz defensive lineman, who's the track coach, he's on the same page. Coach Mackey, the new basketball coach. These guys, they're all in it together. They're all communicating the same messages to the kids. I think that consistency is huge. But then I thought Coach Joseph on that interview, he also broke down some of the things maybe people don't understand. Even though it's quote unquote just high school sports, you got to raise money. You got to oh, yeah. raise funds. Absolutely. They've done such a good job of that. They've gotten new uniforms, new equipment, you know, better ability to practice. They helped contribute to the turf being installed at Missoula County Public Stadium. That was a, a group effort, but that helped a lot because that field, you know, back in the day, it was like a dome. It was like <laughs> playing on a hill. Sometimes you're running downhill. Sometimes you're running uphill. It's all about drainage. Yeah, yeah, right, right. But, uh, they also talked about the the revitalization and the implementation of their programs, ideals, and schematics in Missoula youth football. I think that's a really under 
underappreciated factor in all of this. Oh, 100%. Is, you know, getting those youth programs going in a way where they're a little bit more organized, they're, they're kind of running things that will work towards what they're going to do and kind of having that tie-in as opposed to, you know, when I went to school, it's like you showed up at Sentinel or anywhere, Hellgate, yeah. wherever, and it's like your freshman year, it's like you were traded like a freshman, which I get it, but there was no like real pre-tie-in. But basketball always did a good job of that across Missoula, you know, yep. camps and stuff like that. It just felt like football never had that, and they do now. Yeah, the Little Grizz system, I know a lot of people have a lot of fond memories of Little Grizz, but the Little Grizz system, is, to be frank, was completely flawed. I mean, you have a draft system, so the teams were uneven. Everybody's running different different and non-realistic styles on both offense and defense. Uh, I mean, basically, everybody's running the wing T, all the weird weight limit things. That, you know, you're, get, you're pushing kids away from positions that they might play, even if they were early bloomers, late bloomers, whatever it might be. And then you have no real cohesiveness with the high school programs. And so then all of a sudden, you're not really actually learning what the varsity at Big Sky or Sentinel or Hellgate is doing until you're a sophomore in high school. That puts you way behind when you're playing Butte High, who's probably got bulldog little guy football where they're running the exact same offense from when they're in fifth grade on. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. And it's like something that I've really noticed. It's like I don't follow high school sports, you know, all day, every day with with real serious, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but one thing I've definitely noticed at, at a place like Sentinel is if you're young, but you have talent, they'll play you. Uh, yeah, that's a trend across Montana, too. And, and that was not the case when we were in high school. Hardly at all. It's he, like you you just, you had to earn your spot. You and Even if you were the best quarterback in the, in the system, but you were a sophomore, you were going to sit behind the senior, and it's like... I, that's not going to work, especially at smaller AA schools. No question. It's definitely been a trend across high school football in Montana. I mean, right now you see, you know, even down, just down in the bitter. I mean, the kid from Florence, Pat Duchesne Jr., he's a ju- he was a sophomore this last year, so he'll be a three-year starter by the time it's all said and done. Carson Ross has a little brother, Tyson. Yep. He's going to be a yep. multi-year starter at Hamilton. Uh, Dayton Bay, even at Missoula Sentinel, even though he had to split time with Cameron Sermon this year, still – was a multi-year starter at Sentinel as well. And uh, so I, I do think it, 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 it can be impactful because the offenses have become more sophisticated and more simple at the same time. So those reps are definitely important. It's Tutel Nuanas, Mike Duja joining me, Coulter Nuanas in studio. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. We got the business angle, Justin Angle from the University of Montana Business School hopping on to discuss all sorts of things when it comes to the meshing of business and sports. Keep it here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 